Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? While I've been on break from the podcast, I've been thinking a lot about the format for how I do things and what I really love about recording and what I notice with other podcasts. And one of the things that I've been noticing is how most podcasts, really their focus is interviews with other people. And while I really, really love that aspect, one of the things that really fills me up is recording what most other podcasters have been calling solo episodes. And sometimes I notice this sense of, um, it seems like shame or embarrassment or a little bit of like, oh, I don't know if you want to listen to me talking um, when pe- when they're recording these or putting these podcasts out saying like, oh, you're just getting a solo episode from me this week or, oh, this is a solo episode and, you know, I'll have an interview next week. And that's one thing that I haven't really made explicitly clear is that this podcast is going to be solo episodes. And in the random off chance that I find and connect with people to interview, I'm so ex- I'm so excited about that. I've loved I loved the interviews that I did last season and there's people on my mind that I want to connect with um for future episodes. That being said, this is a really great place for me to process living tarot and having that as my focus and creative intuition and all of the different aspects um, about going through these archetypes and kind of living this deck out in a really um, organic and authentic and um, messy sort of way. So I've also been noticing how I do my intros to my episodes and feeling a little bit like things are maybe clunkier than I need them to be, or like I'm trying to, you know, when you're a kid and you put on your mom's high heels or dress or your dad's suit jacket or, you know, and you kind of clomp around the house, like... Um, there's some things that I learned from last season that I might change in this upcoming season. At that being said, I'm on fall break currently, and that has been really, really great to not feel the internal pressure to release an episode every week or find time to schedule an interview with people. But it hasn't stopped my living. It hasn't stopped my 
my curiosity. And in fact, I am in uh, Lindsay Max Tarot for the Wild Soul course, which has been just absolutely wonderful to not only dive into specific cards, like the first week we did the Fool, and then we studied the Major Arcana, and we just, at this point that I'm recording, um, finished up with the Suit of Swords. And so I am, I'm learning a lot and wanting to incorporate it into my tarot readings, into my life, thinking about things in a different way, which is why I felt like I wanted to record this episode, even though I'm not sure when it's going to be released. So today I'm going to talk about the Empress, and she traditionally, and we could talk about the different ways that this major arcana has been reinvented, especially in modern times. One of my favorite decks is the Numinous, and the Empress card is is renamed the Nurturer. But I want to start with the beginning. So here I am, it is not even 6am in the morning, and I am sitting at my writing desk, and next to my writing desk is my ancestor altar, and I'm surrounded by candles. It's past the fall equinox, and it's dark outside, and all around me I see there's um, stones on my altar and candles and there's some books that were written by my ancestors and there's a beautiful um, tarot card image of death from the Trungles tarot and then directly in front of me on my writing desk there's an image of a woman who is nude and she has long flowing brown hair with flowers, looks like poppies and ferns, flowers in her hair, and she's holding and breastfeeding a child. And this this image of the empress, the mother, the divine feminine often is what it's related to or called, has really been on my mind since we went through the major arcana, um, which is the Empress comes in line one, which is all about examining who are we, right? The ways that we embody this energy. So I'm sitting here. It's dark out. It's quiet out. I feel reflective and curious and interested about my role, my experience of the Empress. And to be honest, this is an energy that I really struggle with. As I sit here with surrounded by candles and beautiful things on my altar and artwork, I actually think a lot about the High Priestess and that going inward uh, reflective, intuitive. And so to think about the Empress energy, which is ruled by Venus, it's I struggle with it. So let me describe to you the Smith Rider Waite image. There is a blonde woman sitting on a very plush looking throne. Um, lots of pillows, it's kind of red 
and she's sitting on this throne and she's wearing a really beautiful um, loose fitting white gown with what appears to be flowers on her gown and on her head she's wearing a crown of stars and she has this scepter in her hand that isn't isn't pronged it has like a like a crystal ball almost on top of this scepter in the background there are trees and in the foreground there is wheat and she's in this position where she appears to be both strong and ruling and also relaxed now historically the empress is the card of the mother it's kind of like if we think about queen of pentacles um more elevated um a more like a richer or very um much bigger energy and so as we were go as i was going through my course materials the empress was this energy that i just really struggled with identifying um in myself because of the keywords of receptivity and even, even the keywords around femininity or nurturing or mothering are things that I just, I feel, it felt like the description was very passive. And my experience as a mother is that there is basically nothing passive about mothering. It's a very, very hard job that stretches me further outside of my spiritual and emotional comfort zone and physical comfort zone than I would like. And as I was sharing that in the, the Facebook group and kind of wrestling with some of these um thoughts and feelings around my own relationship to this idea of being a vessel for receptivity versus and versus kind of like an outward structured I much more identify with the emperor in creating structure and outward hierarchy and it was reminded to me that the the idea of being receptive is not passive that it actually takes a lot of work to be able to receive love and care and nurturance and help when we might be inclined to do things on our own. And kind of reframing it that way has been good for me to think about, okay, what are some of the things, even on the most basic level, that I feel like I work at receiving and then allow myself to receive? Um, and to be honest, I can't come up with much because I am so skewed by this fear of and this tendency toward entitlement. So when I think about receiving and even the name the Empress, I think about somebody who has expectations and somebody who feels entitled to certain things, which growing up in the environment that I was um, as an evangelical Christian, one of the things that I was taught, the values that I was taught was that we don't, we're not entitled to anything, we're, we shouldn't expect anything, which of course, can be scarring in some ways, right? That you're you're not even entitled to the breath that you take and the life that you live. 
So of course, you know, in dialogue, I shared that on the group as well. And, and somebody asked, are we entitled? Is it okay to be entitled to air you breathe and food and, you know, drink and shelter and love? And I started to kind of go down this rabbit trail of how much has capitalism and patriarchy and colonialism and all of these big systemic forces that have shaped my life without even realizing it, how much do I think and believe that I am not entitled to a roof over my head or air to breathe or love or community or free time or the ability to sit down and relax or have spiritual experiences. And I've just been really mulling that over around what if entitlement isn't inherently bad? And what if all people are entitled to experience this Empress energy in their own life in a very pure way, rather than a way that has been skewed by by this culture. So, of course, one of the things that I experience when I am mulling over a tarot card or um, kind of thinking about some of these big, deep spiritual themes is it pops up in my life, right? And some of those synchronicities can be attributed to the fact that I'm simply looking for ways that this connects um, asking myself, where do I receive and who do I receive from? And when did I f- start to feel like <clears throat> receiving things was bad? And as a mother and as a woman, do I inherently feel like this Empress energy is about receiving or is it about being having received so much that there's an overflow and an ability to to nurture others um and so in order to nurture others you have to have been nurtured or have like that that reserve that well inside um and so where does that come from i've just been mulling that over well one of the days that i was really diving into this Um, and having that conversation online around the Empress energy, I went to work with one of my um, friends from church who is dying of cancer. And I've been working with this woman over the summertime because she was writing a book. And it's a fictionalized account of her time in Vietnam as an army nurse. And she had gotten a really great outline done and she had written some words. And so the summer I spent time with her dictating to me her story, kind of going story by story and, and me asking questions and um, just t- just typing up her responses in order to her hope. And my hope is that we publish this book, even though it will be after after she dies. So... She had a cut, you know, four months to live when we started this project, and she's now it's kind of week to week. And so, 
when I showed up at her house to write, you know, I had my laptop and I was very kind of task focused and ready to get started and work in on one of our, one of our last like story snippets that she hadn't, you know, shared with me yet. And, and she wasn't doing well. She was in a lot of pain and she was, you know, laid on the couch by her hospice, um, aides and she just said, I can't, I can't, we can't do the story today. And I was like, no problem. Let me put my laptop away and let's just like be together. Let's just, just experience this. And that's when she opened up to me really sharing about the difficulty it is for her to receive, which of course made me think as she was you know, reclining on this couch, still very mentally with it, um, in body, she could not, you know, function in the way that she would like. Um, she had had a bad fall and broken her tailbone as well as, you know, she has cancer ravaging her body. And as she, as she sat there, kind of reclined there on the couch, I just kept thinking about how she really embodies the Empress energy as far as the nurturing goes and even the the strong personality who is both so caring and so loving for people um, to watch her through this process still care about um, you know the people at church and her wife and um, her siblings you know she was one of 14 siblings and and the kids of the church and all of these people really being con still concerned about them, even though here she is dying of cancer and very, um, it would be completely reasonable for her to only be caring about herself in this moment, to only be consumed by the pain. And, um, and so she shared with me about how hard it is to receive and to need somebody to help her to the bathroom and lift her up and put her in bed at night and roll her over so that she doesn't get sores. And, and so it was wonderful for me to see an example of the Empress energy in its complexity, right? In its strength and all of the work it takes to be receptive and need community and be part of um, something she has worked for many, many years as a counselor. And before that, she was a nurse. And so to have that background of somebody who cares so much about other people, to be in the helping service, to need help herself, it was it was really it was really beautiful and poignant for me. And one of the things that I was I felt really blessed to get to experience was I just I just asked her if I could put my hands on her and I gave her Reiki um, in her hips because her hips really hurt her hips and her legs. And as I gave her Reiki, she I didn't call it Reiki. Um, she, I just was like, can I, can I put my hands on you? And later we've talked about, talked about Reiki, the Reiki energy, because one of the things that her book is focused on is energy healing. And I just said, you know, just, just lay, just lay back. I was like, the pain is probably really loud right now, but just 
just let me touch your hips and send you this energy and um and f you know just feel it and whatever you feel um and it was beautiful to watch because I've given Reiki to people before who are in pain or they just you know want energy healing but to watch her just kind of lay there and breathe and her breathing slow down and her body kind of just relax into itself and into the couch and in that moment you know when I it was like maybe 10 minutes when she you know opened her eyes she was like I'm ready to go to sleep now um, she had stopped worrying about me and she was there in the moment receiving healing energy knowing that you know the energy isn't going to take away your cancer or make everything better but in that moment she was just receiving energy receiving love and she just she had to work really hard at it at first but then once it kind of washed over her I could just see a whole difference in her body and I've been carrying that memory with me for a while um, and kind of seeing where can I have that in my life? You know, putting up the struggle um, and just setting it aside and saying, you know, I can come back to that. And right now I'm going to rest. But that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be chaos around and there isn't going to be um, a struggle, you know, to lay in bed and just just sleep right now or drink water and let it you know kind of just hydrate me or eat really good food and have it nourish me and not feel like I always have to be forcing things so that's just been one of the major arcana tarot cards that has been popping up in my life right now um, and so I went back to a journal entry that I had from the summertime when I had my Akashic records read and she had said that as far as mothering goes I sometimes feel like I'm either really good or really bad and to think about Mother Earth and that is like this this perfect example of Empress energy for me is it's just the earth itself and how it receives rain and it is also it's very much um, a fertile soil and it cares for um, itself and the animals and the plants and the whole ecosystem that you know grows on it and yet it isn't it isn't just calm and blissful <laughs> there's there's a lot um, wrapped up in you know mother this like, concept of mother nature instead of like grounding grounding in and rooting into this really divine um energy that's just it's very it's both very active and very passive at the same time so that's kind of just about one I've been experiencing um in the last couple of weeks and would be curious to know how the empress energy you know hits you do you feel really really connected with it this earthy venus ruled um almost like a queen of pentacles idea or is it is it completely foreign and one that you struggle with to to resonate with so reach out to me on instagram at leo rising tarot or email me leo rising tarot at gmail.com 
would love to carry on this conversation um, in the future. I'll talk with you guys soon. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leo Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.